All right, we ready to begin? So welcome to the Venture Capital Podcast. And today we're going to talk about, is venture capital a good job? So I used to actually, I started a fund called Boom Startup. I worked with John Richards, it was an angel fund, or a group, a group, sorry, correction, a group of angel investors that I worked with for a number of years. And maybe we'll talk about my story. Uh, one of these individuals has started a fund and someone said, would you want to team up with them? And I said, no. And the reason primarily would be from something that you taught me is that Uh-oh. VC funds typically have very poor succession planning. And I think most funds typically revolve heavily around the concept of one super wealthy individual. And so it almost becomes like a private family office that you're working with. And having worked for a number of fairly wealthy people, I recognize that that one, when you get any measure of success is when the, their family members get greedy and they don't have the discipline to say, hey, you can't come in, which has been one issue that I've learned from past experience working for a bunch of like wealthy individuals. But the second thing is like, I'm at the stage, like I want to become build, you know, like the next hundred million dollar plus company. And it could be a VC fund, but if the right succession planning wasn't there, I wouldn't want to do it. And most funds, I feel like that's where they struggle. And truthfully, it's where a lot of startups fail. Because they don't have good succession planning. Yeah. So that's why I would not want to get a job in venture capital, most likely, because most of these funds are small funds. Yeah. And I like to be in control of my life. And maybe it's arrogance where I think I know more than other people. And I don't like playing the game of, hey, do this deal. You don't like having partners to give you good feedback and help you make better decisions than you would on your own? I've had a bad history with partners. Love my partners. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) But I'm also like oil and water, right? Like I'm not, I don't think I'm an easy person. And looking back, I probably expected too much from partners. So let's just, instead of me seeing what's wrong with them, that's what's wrong with me. I'm not an easy person to get along with. I feel bad for my wife. Very demanding, probably very passive aggressive, not on purpose. Very strong opinion in the room that's very silent. I feel like this is turning into a little bit of a therapy session for John I rather love than a. Uh, do you do therapy? Then, I love therapy. Then a reaction on whether or not venture capital jobs are interesting or not. Yeah, so I think they're interesting, but for me to jump back in the VC space, if a fund were to recruit me, that would be the first thing I would ask for was, what is your succession planning? Is Am I a partner? And what is your succession planning? So the question is, is venture capital a good job, right? Mm-hmm. And so clearly it depends, right? It depends on like so many things. One, it depends on like, first of all, what is the job? So you just said like, am I a partner or not, right? So right off the bat, like there are basically three buckets of jobs in in any venture fund. There are the partners, Mm -hmm. there are the like investment support. Mm -hmm. So that's analysts, associates, anything on the investment team that's not partner. And then there's like support staff. And the support staff could be everything from like, uh investor relations executive secretary head of community like all those things right and generally there's not a lot of overlap or uh transition between those three it's possible it occasionally happens but for the most part there's not much movement between those three buckets you know if you start as an analyst or an associate at a venture fund they're typically a couple years and you're out now what what can happen is if you join a venture team as an analyst or associate, there is the possibility of moving from that to partner, but you basically have to do it in two years. Mm-hmm. And if you've been there for more than two years and it hasn't happened, it's probably not going to happen. Um, and you know, 99% of the time it does not happen. So if you join a venture fund in that role, you just have to know like you're not in venture for the long run. 
right? Because it's not a partner track position or partner position. If you're support staff, same thing, except for even worse, because support staff almost never even makes it over to the investment team. And mm -hmm. uh, no matter what the partners tell you, if you're considering a role on the support staff side of the venture fund, you will not really be part of the investment team. Mm -hmm. um, now, if we look at those two categories of jobs, are those interesting and fun jobs? Yeah. Uh, and you can do very well. Like I know people that are CFOs of venture funds. They don't make as much money as the partners, but they still make a decent amount of money. They don't have a lot of stress in their lives. It's a pretty good gig, mm -hmm. right? Um, there's nothing wrong with that job, right? You get a lot of the same perks of working for a venture fund as being the partner without the stress of it. In, in a lot of ways and even though you don't get the even though you don't get the same pay you're also like maybe not having to work quite as hard in certain ways right um and some some of those jobs i think would be super fun just in themselves like head of community like oh that'd be fun that'd be super fun right like you just go around and you like build community and you like help your startups at the fund and, you know, put on events and like all of that stuff. Like that's, that's cool. Right. Yeah, so I had a community. One of my thoughts this week was, man, it'd be fun to just be the person out of fund who's there to help the portfolio companies. Yeah. It's like, my job is how do we get you from zero to hero? Right. Yep. Is there a key hires or key introduction? Yeah. And that way you're not, Hey, how do I go pick winners and losers is how do I help the winners we've already picked? Yeah. And so if the question is around whether or not VC is a good job, solely around like the actual work and not so much on the compensation and the upside potential, then like, yeah, those can all be great jobs, right? Working as an analyst or an associate at a venture fund for a couple of years can be a great job. Like you'll get exposure to a ton of companies, a ton of people, mm -hmm. you'll in learn kind of the insights and of, of how good companies are run and poor company and how poor companies are run and like major pitfalls. And then that will open up the opportunity for you to like go get a great MBA somewhere or join a startup or start your own company and potentially raise money from that fund. Right. So, uh, in, in all of those ways, those can be really great jobs. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think your question is more, is being a partner at a venture fund a good job? Well, I think it's a good job depending on where your position are. I, position is, and I'm what your expectations are. Expectation. So like my foray into venture with John Richards was like the best experience from of my life. Mm -hmm. And I think it's something that every founder, if you want to go into into startups, it's a great way, space to be for, you know, two to five years. Yeah. Your biggest frustration with, with that experience was you thought it was partner track and it wasn't. You were like in the junior bucket. In the junior bucket. You just didn't realize it. No, no, no. That's a whole different story. I realized it. At the beginning? Of course. Okay. Absolutely. I'm not, I'm, not that, I'm not that naive. All right. I was the... When I started, it, I was working with a guy named John Richards. Yep. And my job in life was if he said jump, I jumped and said how high. Yeah. And if he said I wanted you to jump this far, I would do twice that. And I... If you look for internships that people spend the most time at, and mm -hmm. I think it was a non-paid internship, mm -hmm. it was, I would spend like 20, 30 hours a week doing it. Mm -hmm. And it was a phenomenal experience. And I think the one lesson, if you don't want to go this route that I learned is you'd see all these guys with great ideas who don't know how to execute and get their first sale. Yep. And so it sounds really simple, but I learned the most important thing was getting sales, which sounds really, really stupid, but it's where most of these individuals just failed. Yeah. And so probably every startup I've started, I've made sales 
at least in the space or mm -hmm. to a potential customer before I ever built the, you know, my first line of code. Yeah. Which is smart. So back to VC jobs. But that was a great job as an, as an intern. Yeah. Cause you learned and a as ton. an analyst. Yeah. And I would recommend it for anyone who wants to go the founder route. The question is the Cheshire cat. Where do you want to go? Yeah. And why? And if you don't know for a founder, I think it's a great job. Yeah. I think even for someone today, like an analyst is a great job. I just got, I've got, I've got different criteria that I measure success for my life. Yeah. And it doesn't fit me being an analyst is nowhere on that list. Yeah. But still a great well, job. And a plug for UGF, University Growth Fund, is that if you want to be an entrepreneur, you really mm -hmm. should go through our program because really? and we've had multiple students go through our program that have then gone on to raise from top tier venture funds like Andreessen Horowitz and go through programs like Y Combinator, 500 Startups and others. And I think going through our program gave them like a massive leg up because they understood like who all the players were, how to negotiate term sheets, how to, you know, present to investors in such a way that would get them excited, how to identify interesting trends and market opportunities, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, I agree. And a plug for you, if I was going to create my own fund, which I'm, again, I'm not, I would consider going and spending the next six months before raising a fund and just working and volunteering, assuming you'd let me. Yeah. Well, and that's because venture is really much like an apprenticeship industry. Mm -hmm. So pros and cons of being a partner at a venture fund or okay. partner track, right? So you talked about success and succession is potentially an issue. And the reason for that is because the people that start the firm, right? They take the risk to start the firm and then they do the hard work of making the, inv the initial investments, generating the performance, raising the fund and establishing the firm. And once they've done that, then they, they hire more people and inevitably if they're good at it and they raise more money, they hire more people, those people go out and they start generating the real value around like track record and so on and so forth that's generating the carry, generating the track record and returns that are then required and used to raise additional capital. And so the junior guys look at this and they're like, well, I'm doing all the heart, the heavy lifting here. The senior guys are just sitting on their duff, right? Taking, you know, taking the deals that I give them uh, funding them, taking credit for them and taking the board seat. Right. But like I'm doing all the hard work of like finding the deal, diligencing it, executing, you know what I mean? And so then they get frustrated because they're not able to like break into that top layer and the top layer, like right or wrong. They're, they're like, yeah, but like we put in all this up, we built the firm, we took the risk, blah, blah, blah. And they don't want to give it up. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and understandably and, so. They and understandably go. so to a certain extent. Right. Mm hmm. Um, the flip side is though, is like every fund is like a new company. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, what ultimately happens typically is the junior partners or, you know, junior people essentially say, Hey, I'm doing all the work. I'm going to just spin out. And I like, if what's necessary in order to get like the lion's share of the pie is to take the risk and start the firm, then that's what I do. And they leave. And then when they leave, all of a sudden, the, the senior guys have a choice. They either have to put in the effort themselves or they got to hire new people to do it for them. And if their reputation gets so bad that they can't hire anybody good, then the fund collapses because usually they're just not willing or not able to do the work anymore and, uh, and, and firms sh shutter. Or they go from being a top-tier fund to being a mediocre or a lower-performing fund. They can't raise another fund and shut down. 
Um, or sometimes they're successful in finding kind of the next people and grow, you know, mm-hmm. training them up and then they leave and they just have this perpetual, uh, which is what Mercado's done a bunch of, right? Can we call it Mercado? <laughs> you okay with calling it Mercado? But I think we both know firms that have done right. that. So right. there's a, there's a, a, a fund that, that we both know of that literally none of the founding team is there except the original partner. One of the two partners. The senior partner. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, so that's, that's a challenge. Flip side is, I mean, that's, that's why Benchmark came out of the gates and was like, we're all equal mm-hmm. from day one. And when we leave, when one of the partners leaves, I don't care who they are, how much money they've generated for the firm, if they were a founder of the firm or not, like when you leave, you're out. You're cut off from like, you know, management company, future funds, all that stuff, you're out. And the new guy that or gal that they bring in takes that whole position, okay. right? And, you know, their argument is like, that's partly what makes us like a good firm. The downside is, is that it puts them in a position where they can never really train up people, right? Because if, if everybody's going to be equal, you don't want to bring in somebody that's not going to like be equal in terms of their contributions either. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you don't want to spend time in the, what that means that you can't really train them up because it takes, it takes like some losses for a good VC to really get trained up and, and they don't want to take that. And so they ultimately have to like go and poach from other funds, mm-hmm. right? That that have done the heavy lifting of training that person up and then they poach them and bring them on. But the flip side is they can kind of poach whoever they want because their track record is really good. And they can tell them with like real authenticity, like, hey, you will be treated the exact same as Bill Gurley, right? Who funded okay. Uber, right? Mm-hmm. Same economics. And that's super compelling, right? Okay. Value prop. Um, other pros and cons, like if you are, you know, senior partner, you're getting the lion's share of the economics mm-hmm. and that can be very meaningful, even on relatively small sized funds, right? Like mm-hmm. a $50 million fund pulling 2% management fee. That's some, you know, some million bucks every year. So, you know, that's pretty good. That's pretty good income coming in, and then you get twenty percent carry on that. So if you three x the fund, so that's a hundred million. You're getting twenty million dollars. Like those are pretty good economics. Uh, and then it just gets better and better if you raise a hundred, two hundred, three hundred, five hundred billion dollar funds, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a lot of money flowing into the top. Uh, there is a lot of pressure, and I think this is another one of those downsides. Is you know, Bill Gurley says it takes about five years. I think that's probably about true, right? To know whether or not you're good at this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the problem is, is that if you're not good at it, what do you do afterwards? Because you're like, especially like, you know, this is something I think about a lot is I've been doing this now for about 14 years. I feel like I'm pretty decent at it. But if like, theoretically, like we have a bad fund or we have a couple of bad funds, nobody's going to fund our next fund and I'm going to be out of a job. And then it's like, well, who's, who's going to hire me, right? Like I've never... You know, I've built a venture fund, but I'm not a good VC, clearly, because my returns aren't very good. Okay. And so what am I good at, right? Like, who would hire me, right? So, so like, that's some of the downside uh, of being a VC is that you're a little bit of, like, this, like, little bit of, like, a master uh, of, you're kind of, like, a jack-of-all-trades, master of none, in a way, like, because, you, you know, you, you're, you're kind of a bit of an expert on a lot of different spaces, but you're not, like, in the weeds on any one of those spaces. So, I don't know. That That's I, one of the downsides. I think you're thinking about that one too much, but is that a bigger issue than I think? Because I feel like, one, I mean, it may be the routes are that you wouldn't want to go to, but, like, if someone's a VC, I think there's a lot of startups who need help fundraising after yeah. a Series A, Series B side. And having someone who's dedicated, who can help field that, 
that's a great position. Maybe that's not a position a VC wants to go into. Yeah. Well, and and maybe you know part of it too is like, are you are you willing? Is the VC willing to take like the ego hit? But I think a lot of VCs do do that, right? Mm-hmm. Or they become like, like a you CFL. and I know, like kind of washed up VCs that do that, okay. <laughs> right? And I don't know, it's not super compelling. I don't know if I know that many many washed up VCs. Yeah. Well, because usually if they just disappear, you just disappear, which is my point. Right? Okay. Anyways, I just think it's a risk that not a lot of people appreciate because a lot of the VCs that wash up, wash out, right? And you just never hear about them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think another like downside is because of these economic di- um, differences that we talked about in that like venture funds struggle with succession. And then like you also have this dynamic where even if like maybe they're all equal, like one, you know, it's Bill Gurley and he finds Uber, right? And mm-hmm. like his other partners, they find good deals, but it's not Uber. But now Bill is like, sh- splitting up the carry on uber which is like in the billions or, or not billions but hundreds of millions right with these other these other investors that didn't contribute to that and he's like well i he could think like oh i should deserve more of that mm-hmm. and the other thing is like these investments they take so long to pan out right and and there's like you need to convince your partners to do deals and like sometimes there's like deal trading there's all these things that create this dynamic where there are a lot of venture funds where every single partner hates each other Okay. Right. And they're like, they stick together because there's so much money at stake. Mm-hmm. Right. But they really don't like hanging out with these people. And uh, yeah, I was talking to a mentor of mine and he was like, he's like, I think like most venture funds are kind of like that okay. <laughs> under the covers. I mean, clearly not every fund is like that. And, uh, but you know, it does, it does happen. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, that's another thing is like, you go to work every day and you just, you know, you don't love the people you work with. And that's that's a challenging work environment. And that's one of the reasons I like being a founder. And I think I'd have a hard time being a VC. Yeah, because you would want to work with everybody or because, as you said earlier, you're not. A, you, I don't you struggle with partnerships. I don't play nice. So glad we're partners on this podcast. <laughs> but I think like you, you I think when we look at this, like the podcast, like there's a very like there's very there's very different value ads that we both have. And it's, I think it's very synergistic is how I look at it. I think it's very different when you're in a startup and your business partner is um, not watching adding. ESPN all day. I think it, just most people here's here's the problem. The with hard startups. problem is like you want your partner to be pulling their weight. Yeah. And I think and mo- if they not, then you get disgruntled. Yeah. And I think my, my problem is in most startups, people either don't pull their weight or they have a very contrary view to where you need to go. So there's a lot of friction. Yeah. I think the other problem is even when they do pull their weight, sometimes they're pulling in a direction that you don't want. You don't want, right? To oh, your point, right? Clearly, like you're not pulling in the same direction. There's a founder yeah. who, a former business partner, he's raised several million dollars. And one time I th- he came in and I'm like, he's trying to do a hostile takeover. Yeah. And it was like 40 minutes of him like beating around the bush. I'm like, finally, like come out with it. Like, what are you saying? Yeah. And he's like, I want to like fire half of the company. And I want you, instead of being majority, to be a third, a third, and a third. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, if you're going to fire all these other people, we're going to be a third, a third, a third. And then you and this guy you're bringing in is going to fire me. So I'm like, no. Yeah. And then just burned up anyways. <laughs> and looking back, I'm like, oh, he, he understood something I didn't understand. Yeah. And those are the parts I miss. Yeah. I think that when a startup, it's hard. I think in startups, and I don't think VC, maybe VCs are the same way as, you know, are you like blood brothers, blood sisters type of thing? Have you taken like this oath to like protect each other? Mm-hmm. And I feel like the hard part in startups that may be different from VC is, you know, once someone, once someone is making a third to two thirds of what they were making before mm-hmm. at a regular job, mm-hmm. they stop pushing hard and they're more comfy. They, 
they love the infinite flexibility and freedom that they had comparatively, which is fine, sure. but I'm here to win. Right. Have I told you my metric? What's your metric? So my metric is whenever someone tries to recruit me, yeah. I have a test. If it doesn't pass the test, I shoot it down. Okay. And it is, I have to be able to make whatever the route is, not now, but I have to be able to make a million dollars a month for 12 consecutive months. And if I don't see a path for me to get there, it's not worth my time. So I don't have to make a million a day, but but when I when when my last start Tiny Torch failed, when Facebook turned off the API, so it crashed for reasons outside my control, I started hanging out with some people who had much bigger visions than I had. Yep. And I'm like, I need these bigger visions. And so I need a litmus test that allows me to say, hey, if I'm ever going to choose something, can I get there in five years? I can can I get there in ten years? That's fine. But you know, maybe it's a one lump sum payment payout of twelve million. Sure. But if I don't see it, I'm not there. Sure. That's fine. Right. With the exception of this podcast, which is free. <laughs> yeah. I guess it's an interesting test. And there's probably other ways to have tests, but it's kinda like how do you measure life? What's your time worth? Because do you know you know Josh Josh Coates from Mosey? Mm-hmm. You know, he taught me he did like this private like founder mentoring thing, you know, set up by Roger Andrus. And it's probably one of the most valuable training sessions I've ever I've ever gotten. And he says, look, he's like, he's like, you can spend your time creating a lifestyle business or a venture backed company. And the only difference is you're putting them on the same amount of time. It's just just the risk component, right? Yep. So it's like And hey, the potential outcome. And potential outcome. So at that point I'm just like, I'm going I'm steering hard right, high risk, high potential outcome, see how it all pans out. But that's how I've chosen to like live my life. Yeah. And look, not everybody can live like that, right? Mm-hmm. Some people can't handle risk. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But don't get grumpy at the people that did take the risk and generate the the outsized returns because of it. Because for everyone that did, there's like 10 more that took the risk and lost and got oh, zero, right? So that was one of, uh, I'm trying to remember the guy's name. When I first started, when I first started doing startups and I was like, do I, do I apply at Omniture or Adobe for a job? Mm-hmm. Or I go do startups, and he sat me down, and he's like, "Look, like no matter how good you think you are, you're gonna, you'll be like my dad, who ended up selling, not my dad, his dad. He's like, most success is, hey, you, you sold the business, you paid off your house, and you had to get a job afterwards, anyways. Yeah, it's rough. <laughs> but I mean, I think that's the outcome for a lot of founders. That's true. Or you get a lifestyle business. Or you get a lifestyle business. And let's, let's be honest, there are a lot of people that have great lifestyle businesses. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with lifestyle businesses. Which is something I didn't realize until I was older. I was taught that lifestyle businesses were evil. No, they're not evil. Uh, but yeah, I think a lot of people do bash on lifestyle businesses when they shouldn't. And they raise money when they shouldn't. They should just focus on building a lifestyle business. Whatever. It's a, it's a free loan. Interest-free loan. Why would you not like that? <laughs> Venture capital is an interest-free loan. If it's under the right terms, it is. Look oh. at look at what TopTel did. They had interest, but they wait. Which firm did they just squeeze out? It was a top-tier firm like um, Andreessen Horowitz or something like that. They had a, they raised on a convertible note. Yeah. Never converted them. Paid off the note. Never gave them equity. Mm. Blew my mind. Yeah, that doesn't happen a lot though. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the contract said yes. It definitely seemed like. A move. I mean, technically, yeah, it's that's that is a risk. It's part of it. Mm-hmm. But have we, do you think we've covered how to get a good, you know, what is a job in venture? Is venture capital a good job? Have we covered it? I think so. You know, I will say the thing that I love about working in venture capital is just the ability to meet amazing people and to constantly be learning. Um, I think if you are somebody that is intellectually curious uh, and you enjoy helping people and you enjoy, you know, being with people and, and thinking about like hard problems, then venture can be a super fulfilling, really fun 
really mm-hmm. fun career. Uh, it's not without its risks and its downsides and also just its scarcity. Um, but, you know, for me at least, given like the kind of person I am, who places a high value on uh, learning, on building, and on helping people, like I can't think of a better a better career. Okay. I mean, definitely my my tenure, my stint with Utah Angels, those exact things, the intellectual curiosity, just very different ideas, loved it. Yep. But I think that mainly comes on the partner, or I guess the analyst level too. Yeah, to an extent. And just, you know, being able to help people. When I was there, my goal was I wanted to at least help one person get a job every single month mm-hmm. as, just, as a way to give back. And it was an easy way for me to give back from my network. Yeah, like it. All right, well, go to venturecapital.fm. Let us know your questions. We've recently launched a Slack channel. So if you want to engage with us, that's probably the best way to reach us, right? Right, Peter? Yes. All right. John will be there to answer all your questions. Maybe we'll do a live session in there. All right. It's a hard maybe. A hard maybe? (laughs) Not a hard maybe. (laughs) I think as it gets critical mass, we'll just Peter more and more in. So, all right. Well, thanks, guys, and join us for the next episode. See you next time.